Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, uh, at a, on a day like today, I'm glad anybody's here. Isn't it great to uh, have such warm fellowship on such a cold day? Uh, we're glad that you're here and, and welcome you. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, you're very important to us. We're glad that you're here with us this morning and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our, our fellowship as we uh, worship God together today. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and fill it out. Check the appropriate box. Give us uh, as much information as you uh, feel comfortable giving to us. And, um, and we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, just a couple of announcements that we have. <clears throat> uh, on Wednesday, we will return to our, our schedule, our normal schedule. We uh, kind of took the week off this week uh, since it was between Christmas and New Year's, and we figured that the crowds would be down. But we'll be uh, starting back up on Wednesday with our fellowship uh, meal at 545, and then afterwards we'll be having our Bible studies and our mission times with our children and, and our youth. Um, <clears throat> Next Sunday in the uh, church on the church calendar is uh, Epiphany, which is the the day that we uh, celebrate the coming of the Magi, the uh, wise men. And the word Epiphany has uh, come to mean uh, be synonymous really with an unexpected discovery. And so, with that in mind, we're going to begin a uh, series of sermons beginning next week on discovery, discovering God in different ways. We'll be having uh, oh five or six uh, sermons on discovering God in, in various ways. So I hope you'll come and be a part of uh, of that uh, sermon series that we will begin next week. Also. Uh, we're beginning a new year and a new church year as well, and so the different teams and committees will be uh, uh, be, be starting um, uh, January 1st. And I'd like to encourage all of our teams to have a meeting this month. Go ahead and, and have a meeting this month so that we kind of can kind of look at the year ahead of us and make some plans for the year ahead of us and, um, and uh, get some things on paper, and, and we'll have our church council meeting at the end of January and kind of uh, put things in perspective and put things on paper and, uh, and plan out a little bit of our year. It's great to uh, share this time with you, uh, with God's people, because uh, we share the love of God with one another. We share the, the fellowship of God with one another. And so let me invite you now to share that fellowship together as we stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
couple of days ago. You're going to do that, all right? She blew me away. I know. I know. She was great. The whole thing. I saw somebody that put on Facebook yesterday that they took their family to see it. And even the young boys enjoyed it. They couldn't believe that Wolverine, Catwoman, and Gladiator were the same. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. As you're returning to your seats, I'd like to invite our children to come down front. Uh, Mr. Greg's going to have our children's moment, and so any children out there, come on down. We'll have our, our children's moment together. Good morning. Can you hear me? Am I on? Yes, I can hear. All righty. Good morning. I, I see some other children coming down, so we'll wait just a minute. Good morning. Thank you for saying good morning. You know, it says in the worship folder that Nibby Priest is doing the children's moment today, but Unfortunately, he's got the flu. He got the unwanted gift for Christmas. Have you ever had the flu? No, I don't want, you don't want the flu. So here's a question for you, kiddos. Whose birthday did we just celebrate? Jesus. We just celebrated baby Jesus' birthday. Here he is in the manger. Do you, I bet you have a nativity set at your house, don't you? Do you have a nativity set? You do? Do you have one of these or, or more than one of these? What is this? A camel. A camel. And who rode the camels? Who rode the camels? Mary rode a donkey. Mary didn't ride the camels. Who's this guy? Joseph. Joseph? It sort of looks like Joseph, doesn't it? With a crown and a ring and a box and a gift. This is one of the wise men. One of the wise men or the magi that came to see Jesus. And what did... The, what did the wise men bring to Jesus? <coughs> Baby Jesus, what, what did they bring? Gold? Anything? That's very good. They brought three things. What are the other two? I'm going to be very impressed if you get, if you get these other two. It, it's a gift. That's very good. Gold, gift. Any other ideas? Some of the older children? Okay, you ever heard of frankincense? Frankincense was one of the gifts, and myrrh were one of the gifts that were brought to baby Jesus. So let me ask you this. Why do you think that these wise men brought gifts to baby Jesus? Why? Because it was his birthday. Very, very good. Very good. And they wanted to honor the new king and bring him gifts. And that's part of the reason today that we give gifts to the friends that we love at Christmas and to our families is because they first gave gifts to baby Jesus. Do you know that God wants you to share your gifts with other people? And what type of gifts does God want you to share? We shared some this morning at Medco, for those of you who went to Medco. What gift do we share at Medco this morning? Singing. What else did we do? We brought gifts and gave it to them. We visited with the elderly people. We prayed. What else did we do? We what? We did what? We we laughed. We did. So God wants us to share our gifts throughout the year with other people, and those gifts don't necessarily mean gifts that you have to buy. They can be gifts of kindness, of love. I heard about a child this week 
sharing a smile with an adult that changed their life. Do you realize just sharing a smile with somebody can be one of the best gifts in the world? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these children, and we thank you for the gifts that you give us to share with others. May we share them in abundance this coming year in your name. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Please join me in our responsive reading as we begin our worship time together today. We come this morning to worship the God made known to us in Christ Jesus. We come to worship and to seek God's presence. Our lives have grown easy in the darkness. The light of God's presence may be uncomfortable. Let us worship God together. Amen.
четыре. Luke two, verses forty one through fifty two. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, and when he was twelve years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years, and in divine and human favor. Please pray with me. Loving God, we stand at the brink of a new year. Some of us have made resolutions to eat better and exercise more. 
Some of us have decided to go back to school or learn something new. Some of us have made a commitment to study your word and spend more time with you. Whatever our resolutions, may we use them to make the world a better place. So we offer our time, O God, to be your servants. We offer our talents to care for your people. We offer our treasures so all may have what they need. Use us and our offerings to live out your kingdom plan. In the name of the one who creates all things new, we pray. Amen. I see by the clock up there that I have about 45 minutes to talk here. Buckle your seatbelts, folks. Smart Alex. <laughs> now, how do I start? The Reverend Rosemary Brown tells about something that happened in her church, uh, in a church that she once served. It seems that one evening she received a telephone call that two of the little boys in her congregation were missing. They lived right across the street from the church, and it was already dark, so mom and dad were in a panic. Uh, They searched all over the place, but they couldn't find them anywhere. And so Rosemary opened the door to the church, and she was going to, to go to her office to get the Rolodex and to call some of the church members for help in looking for these two little boys. But as she passed through the, the darkened sanctuary on her way to her office, she heard somebody say, And she looked down front and could barely see the outline of these two little heads. 
Those little boys were sitting there in that darkened church. And the Reverend, as Reverend Brown uh, approached them, she asked, What are you doing here? And one of them said, We're waiting for the Holy Ghost. It seems that they had been studying about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit in Sunday school. And, and so there they were in God's house waiting for the Holy Ghost to appear. I don't know if they were holding a seance or what, but they were waiting for the Holy Ghost. I, and I guess you could say that there was one Sunday school lesson that these boys really took to heart. Well, Luke tells us about another missing boy. But this time it was the boy Jesus who went missing. His parents, Mary and Joseph, had made their annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. And Mary and Joseph were, were very devoted to their Jewish faith. Adult Jewish males who lived within 20 miles of Jerusalem were expected to, to go to the Passover every year. But males who lived further than that, were they, they could make a pilgrimage maybe once in a lifetime. Women were not required to make a pilgrimage at all, which says something about Mary's devotion, that she would make this annual pilgrimage for the Passover. But the journey from Nazareth to Jerusalem was about 80 miles, and it would, take, would have taken quite a while to, to make this journey, to take this travel here. And it's a very human story. Jesus is about 12 years old. His parents take him on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem, but as, as they are on their journey home, they discover that Jesus is missing. Now, before we continue, we need to remember the significance of him being 12 years old. You see, in Jewish culture, he's, he's on the verge of manhood. We don't know when the, the Jewish rite of the bar mitzvah was initiated, uh, probably much later in Jewish history. But today, when a Jewish boy reaches the age of 13, he's declared a man. He becomes a son of the covenant or a son of the law. And so a bar mitzvah is held in celebration of this milestone in his life. And after the bar mitzvah, he's expected to, first of all, keep the law. Secondly, learn a trade, and, and third, attend a great Jewish festival. Well, Jew, uh, Jesus is about that age, and to be 12 meant that he was on the verge of manhood. And in that time, and in that culture, a 12-year-old boy was expected to shoulder many more responsibilities than we would expect a 12-year-old boy to do today. To, to put matters into perspective, if if Jesus had been a girl, he might already be engaged by this age. So in many ways, this was a, a different world that we're talking about. You may remember the story that appeared in the newspapers last spring concerning Etan Potts. He was the, the first missing child to be pictured on a milk carton. He vanished on May the 25th, 1979. 79, after leaving his family's apartment for a short walk to catch a school bus. He was six years old at the time, and this was the first time his parents had allowed him to go off to school by himself, and he vanished. Well, last spring, 33 years later, after receiving a tip, a man confessed to murdering Etan Potts. 
Someone asks, what were his parents thinking, letting him walk that distance by himself? But someone else explained that back then you didn't worry that much about a child walking by himself on the streets. If, if you're like me, you may remember when during your childhood, when I was a kid, I never stayed at home. I was all over the neighborhood, and my parents never knew where I was. They want me, my, my mom or my dad would come on the back porch, my dad would get out there and whistle for me. I'd hear it all over the neighborhood. I knew it, it was time to come in. And sometimes I'd be in somebody's houses, and, and mom would get on the phone. Is Tim there? Is Tim there? You know, that's the way it was. And I either rode my bike or, or walked every day to school. But after Etan's abduction, society changed. People started being more careful about leaving their children on their own. And times have changed and worries have changed over the past 30 years. And Mary and Joseph certainly lived in a different time. Parents didn't worry so much about a 12-year-old boy on his own. Yet still, it's pretty shocking that it took almost a day for them to miss him. Well, part of that was due to the nature of Mary and Joseph's excursion. You see, making a long journey like this could be hard and dangerous. And so Mary and Joseph would probably have been making this trip with a, a large group of friends and relatives, people from from their town and from neighboring towns would gather together and travel in a caravan with a large group of folks. And in those days, the women and the children would travel up front while the men would follow behind. And since Jesus was at that in-between age, Mary probably thought that Jesus was back in the back with Joseph and the other men. And Joseph probably assumed that Jesus was playing with his friends up at the front with the women and the children. And so Mary and Joseph traveled for a whole day, assuming that he was with the other. And then they started looking for him. Much to their dismay, they discovered that Jesus was nowhere to be found. And so they made their way back to Jerusalem to look for him. Well, after traveling a day and then a day back, they finally found him after three days in the temple. Three days! That certainly is a long time to have your child missing. I, I know I would have been out of my mind with worry, but, but they found him sitting there with the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And Luke tells us that Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and, and, and at his answers. But Mary and Joseph, when they saw him, their amazement was tempered by exasperation. <laughs> Mary said to him, son, boy, why have you done this? Why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been worried sick. And here Jesus seems to be a little bit insensitive. He asks, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? Ouch. I wonder how Joseph handled that one. Your father's house? I thought I was your father. And then Luke tells us that they did not understand 
what he was saying to them. Now, let me ask you something. Is there anyone in this room who has not felt at some point in your life that your parents simply did not understand you? Anybody? Yeah, okay, all right. All of us have been there. We've all been there before. All of us have, have, ta- have had times when we, we felt like our, fa- our parents did not understand us. Conflict within families, particularly between the generations, is as old as time itself. It's not easy being a parent, no matter how old your, your, or young your children may be. I heard about a teenager who had just received her, her learner's permit and, and was learning how to drive, and she offered to drive her parents to church one Sunday. And after a, a hair-raising ride, they finally reached their destination. And so when the mother got out of the car, she said emphatically, Thank you. And her daughter replied, any time. But the mother, as she headed for the church door, she said, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to God. It's not easy being a parent, particularly of a 12 or 13-year-old. One woman said, Doctor, I'd like for you to evaluate my 13-year-old son. And the doctor said, okay. He's suffering from a transient psychosis with intermittent rage disorder punctuated by episodic radical mood swings, but his prognosis is good for a full recovery. Well, this surprised the woman, so she asked, how can you say that without, without never even meeting him? And the doctor said, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you said he was 13. It's not easy being a parent. It's not easy being a young person either. Nature has constructed us so that young people go through radical changes as they work their way through puberty. They start distancing themselves from their parents and they begin establishing their own identity. That's the way it is. That's the way it always has been. Adair Lara has an interesting way of describing these changes. She said that, that, that young children behave like dogs. They're affectionate and love being around you, but when, the t- when they become teenagers, they start acting like cats. They become distant and finicky and make you feel unneeded. And that pretty much goes with the territory for many teens. Nothing could be more normal. So don't panic if when that happens in your family. There are times when, when all of us feel like our family does not understand us. Remember, even as an adult, Jesus' family did not understand him. You may remember the story that once when he was, he was at least 30 years old, Mary and his brothers came to him and and pleaded with him to leave his ministry behind and come back home because they felt like he'd gone off his rocker. They felt like he was crazy. They were worried about him. But folks, listen to this. Even though Jesus' family did not always understand him, they were always committed to him. And he knew it. And that's what's really most important today. 
parents and, and young people need one another. We all need one another. Young people particularly need to know that their parents are committed to them. And regardless of whether they, they understand them or not, they need to know that they are committed to them and will be there for them no matter what. I heard about a, a tired young mom who opened the front door to, of her home to find a young minister standing there. And the pastor said, I'm collecting donations for the new children's home we're building. I hope you'll give what you can. And the woman said, sure, I'll give you two boys or two girls or one of each. <laughs> Some of you probably know how that mom felt. But you also know that that mom was kidding. Because there was nothing that she would ever take in exchange for her children. And our children need to know that. They need to know that our love for them is constant. They need to know that they will never cease being our sons or our daughters. Richard Foster tells about a father who was walking through a shopping mall with his two-year-old son. The child was um, in a particularly cantankerous mood. And so this frustrated father tried everything he could think of to quiet his son, but nothing seemed to help. The child simply would not settle down. So then under some, some special inspiration, he scooped up his son and held him close, and he began sang, singing an impromptu love song. None of the words rhymed, he, and he sang off-key, and and yet, as, as best he could, this father began sharing his heart. I love you, he sang. I'm so glad you're my boy. You make me happy. I like the way you laugh. And on they went from one store to the next. Quietly, the father continued singing to his son, making up words as he went along. And the child became still and relaxed listening to this strange and wonderful song. Finally, they finished shopping and, and went to the car, and as the father opened the door to prepare to, to buckle his son into the car seat, the child lifted his head and said, Sing it again, Daddy. Sing it again. Well, folks, that's the love of a parent for his or her child. A love not unlike the love that God has for us. And here's something that we can see today from this story. Jesus' family was bound together by mutual love and respect. And we can tell that by how the story ends. Why were you searching for me, Jesus asked. Didn't you know that I would be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. And, and then Luke tells us that he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and humanity. Jesus knew that he was loved. He knew that Mary and Joseph were committed to him. And that's one reason that he became the man that he became. Our children need that kind of commitment. Our children need that kind of reassurance in their lives. It is most important to all of us. 
Mother Teresa believed in strong family ties. She said, only when love abides at home can we share it with our next door neighbor. She told a story about the time she found a little malnourished girl on the streets of Calcutta. And, and so she took the child to their children's home and, and they gave the, the little girl some, some, uh, some clean clothes and a hot meal and made her as happy as they could. But then after a few hours, the girl ran, around, ran away. And so Mother Teresa went out looking for her and couldn't find her anyway, anywhere. And then after a few days, Mother Teresa found her again. And again, she brought her to the children's home. And this time she, she told a sister, one of the nuns there, to, to follow her if she tried to, to leave. And sure enough, after a while, the little girl ran away again. But this time the sister followed her to discover that the little girl had gone to find her mother. You see, her mother lived underneath a tree. She had placed two stones there where she did her cooking. And so Mother Teresa went to to where this child was and, and reported that there was an expression of joy on that little girl's face because she was with her mother who loved her and was making some special food for her in that little spot under the tree on those two rocks. She asked the little girl, how is it that you would not stay with us? You had so many beautiful things in our home. And the little girl said, I could not live without my mother. She loves me. Do you hear that? That little girl was happier to live and to have the the meager food that her mother was cooking and to live on the streets of Calcutta than to have all of the things that Mother Teresa and her nuns could give to her simply because she was with her mother. And that's the way things ought to be in a family. You see, material blessings are are not the only things that matter in a home. They're important. Yes, of course they are. We need to be able to take care of the, the children in our, in our realm of responsibility and in a, our sphere of influence. Material blessings are, are needed, but they're not the only things that matter in a home. Mutual love, mutual respect, and the ability to accept and to forgive That will be the glue that binds the bonds of human love for all of our lives. I hope that's true for you today. That you experience the love of your family just as you experience the love of God. Because folks, both are important. Amen. We're going to sing today, number 507, Would You Bless Our Homes and Families. Uh, What an appropriate conclusion to our service today as we talk about families and we ask God's blessings on us. And there may be someone here today who would like to profess your faith in Jesus Christ and accept Christ as your Savior, as your Lord. Perhaps there's someone who would like to unite with our church this morning as we uh, share this time. Or maybe 
some things are on your hearts that you would like to, uh, to pray about, we invite you to come and pray. If God's dealing in your heart in any way this morning, uh, the invitation is open for you to come as we share together and as we sing together. Would you bless our homes and families? Number 507. this season, as, as our fellowship is concluded today and we leave this sanctuary, we go into the strange dullness of the after Christmas lull, combined with the hesitant anxiousness of beginning a new year. Yet even in the midst of this sentimental turmoil, the peace of Christ can settle and calm and enliven our anxiousness. May our lives be enriched by all that is good. May our, may our fellowship be sweetened by sincerity and kindness. And may the reality of the blessedness of the Christian life bring an ever-present glow to our hearts. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.